Welcome to High Point. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Amy Hubbard. My husband Jason and I are on staff here. Um, we moved back to the U.S., to Georgia, about almost two years ago, actually. We lived and pastored um, in Sydney, Australia for 10 years. So, And now we landed very happily here at High Point. And so I'm excited to uh, get to share with you today. Um, our pastor, Andy, is um, coming back right now from Nashville. He was in Nashville this weekend for some meetings. He said to tell you hello, and then he's praying for you this morning, um, and he will be back in the saddle next week. I just wanted to clarify really quickly, next week, uh, immediately following service, is uh, not new members class, it's actually our members meeting. So if you're a member here at High Point, you're invited to stay for lunch, we've provided childcare, and it's just an opportunity for Andy and Amy to just share some updates with you, things that are going on in the life of the church, things that are going to be coming up in the next few months. So if you can stay next week, lunch is on us, okay? I think it's going to be barbecue, so it's going to be pretty good. Just going to put that out there. All right, well, I want to share with you today, what we're going to talk about today is when the new you misses the old you. When the new you misses the old you. And what, am I, what do I mean by that? Well, have you ever prepared for something or planned for something only to have it not go at all like you thought it would? I just described about 85% of my entire life right there. <laughs> have you ever failed at something, disappointing yourself, disappointing others, letting people down? Have you ever felt... Um, inadequate and has your own sense of feeling inadequate made you want to give up or go back the other way. In those moments, we have a choice because the reality is there comes a time for all of us when things don't work out, right? Nod your head if you've experienced that where you're just like, oh, really? Are we serious about this? Whether through our own personal failure, whether through sin or whether through circumstances that we can't control. Sometimes a dream that we've had and a dream that we've been pursuing just crumbles and falls to dust. So what do we do when the new us, the new thing we're pursuing fails and we look back and we miss the way we used to be? What do you do when the new you misses the old you? Are you tempted to go back to the way you used to be? Maybe in your walk with Jesus... Maybe you've hit a wall and you just feel like, you know what? Maybe I'm not cut out for this whole Jesus thing. Maybe I'm not. Maybe this Christian life is not. I just don't feel like I'm very good at it. If you've ever felt that way, and I have more than once, this message is for you today. I want to talk about Peter today. Now, last week we celebrated Resurrection Sunday as Andy called it, the Super Bowl Sunday of the, the Christian year, right? Jesus is alive and Jesus is risen. And so what I want to talk about today is a little bit about how Peter felt after Jesus had risen. Now, you might know the story. Peter was one of Jesus' most passionate disciples. He was one of the first ones to see and proclaim that, that Jesus was the Son of God. He was like... Uh, you know, star student, teacher's pet. Peter was the man. He was outspoken. He was bold. He was fearless. When, when the uh, 
people came to arrest Jesus in the garden. What did Peter do but pull out a sword and chop off one of their ears? I mean, this guy was a baller, okay? He did not mess around. Have you chopped off any ears lately? No, I didn't think so, okay? Peter was bold. Yet in the moment when Jesus needed him most, most of us know the story. What happened? He was asked if he knew Jesus or if he was a follower, and what did he say? He said no. I want to look at that moment in Scripture. We're going to put it up on the screen here. It's in Luke chapter 22. To me, you guys, this is one of the most heartbreaking moments in Scripture because we'll get to it, but I look at Peter and I think, man, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Let's look at that. That's Luke 22, 54 through 62. It says, so they arrested him, this is talking about Jesus, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I am not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Now look at this. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked directly at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you'll deny me three times. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. That just, oh, that moment. Can't you just see it as if it were a movie on the big screen? At that moment, the Lord turns from across the courtyard far away and locks eyes with Peter. And in that moment, Peter feels the weight of what he's done. He feels the weight of his own failure, his own sin, his own disappointment. Have you been there? I, I got to tell you, I have been there in those moments where I've denied Jesus or I've sinned or I've chosen deliberately to do something that does not please the Lord. I know what it is to feel that disappointment, that frustration, that I had a chance to do the right thing and I chose the other thing. Can you relate to that at all? Because if you are, you're in the, if you can, you're in the right place this morning. So Peter is wrecked by this. He's heartbroken not only at his own failure, his own sin, his own denial of Jesus, but he's heartbroken at the death of a dream. You see, he had dreams that, that Jesus was going to be coming to Jerusalem and be crowned king, and everything was going to be better, and everything was going to work out, and everything was going to be okay. And in a matter of hours, that dream is crushed, and Peter has basically given up because of his own failure. So what are we supposed to do when we find ourselves in that place? Whether through our own failure or sin, or whether things, our dream we've been pursuing has just crumbled into dust, and we're looking at it going, maybe I'm not meant for this. Maybe this, this whole Jesus thing, I don't seem to be very good at it. Let's, let's pick up the story after Jesus is risen, okay? So we all know we celebrated it last week. Jesus raises from the dead. 
And he appears to the disciples, actually, about three times before this next passage we're about to read. So they've seen him. They know he's alive. But listen, this is something I want to uh, help us remember today. You know, when we read this story, you and I, we have the benefit of more than 2,000 years of church history. We have the whole Bible in front of us, so we can know that, hey, guys, it's all going to work out. You're going to go preach and the book of Acts, and thousands of people are going to get saved, and churches are going to get planted. Well, they didn't know that at this time. Even though they knew Jesus was alive and they had seen him, they were still in hiding. Their lives were still in danger. They didn't know what was going to happen. So let's look in John chapter 21. It says, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Now it's going to list them. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. So the disciples have come. Jesus is is risen, but they don't know what's going on. They don't know what to do. And Peter decides to go fishing. Now, we read this at first. It may not seem like that big of a deal. Well, I mean, that's cool. Maybe he just, I like boats. Maybe he just wanted to go fishing, right? Well, if we look at the original story and the original language of the story, when Peter says to the disciples, I'm going fishing, what the going means in the original Greek is, I'm going back. I'm going back to fishing. In other words, I was a fisherman before all this stuff started, and maybe that's what I should just do. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to what I used to be good at. And all this other stuff... I just don't know. And the disciples say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We're going to come with you. So that's what they do. See, Jesus is alive and risen, but Peter is not quite so sure where he stands with Jesus. The pain of disappointing himself and the one he loves the most has just broken his heart, and he doesn't know what to do. So he goes back to what he used to do. You know, when we feel like we don't know what to do, which is often for me, we often fall back on what makes us comfortable, on what we used to do. That's why I'm talking about when the new you misses the old you. So you think about old relationships, old habits, even old addictions. The, the prior you, the place where you feel comfortable, the place you feel like it's familiar territory, When we feel like we've failed and we don't know what to do going forward, we often look back. And that's what Peter did. It's sort of like, you know, well, you think if I've messed up, I might as well just go all the way. You know, like if you're trying to, like, not eat sugar and you cave and you have one of those new unicorn whatever frappuccinos at Starbucks. I've seen that. Have y'all seen that in the news? It's like a sugar bomb. So you have one of those, and maybe you're like, you know what, well, now I've had one of those, I might as well just have a hot fudge sundae with, you know, extra sprinkles. It's kind of like, if I've messed up a little bit, forget it, I'll just go the whole way. In those moments of failure, you know, when we've lost a dream, when we've failed ourselves and others, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, am I following a dream, or am I following Jesus? Because sometimes we're so disappointed that something hasn't worked out that we want to quit. And that's when we have to ask ourselves, hang on a second. 
Was I following my dreams? You know, we say everyone, follow your dreams. Was I following my dreams? Or I'm actually, am I actually following Jesus? Do you want to go back to the way it used to be? Are you the new you or are you the old you? See, the new you thinks about the old you. Do you have all that? It's kind of a tongue twister. Sometimes the new me thinks about the old me and thinks, maybe that was better. See, that felt familiar. That felt comfortable. So maybe Peter thinks the same thing in this moment when he says, I'm going to go back to fishing. Maybe he thinks, you know what? Turns out I wasn't so great at being a disciple. I let Jesus down. I'm not sure I can get this right. I'm going to go back to what I know how to do. So I want us to think about that this morning for yourself. Have you done that? Have you reached a point in your walk with God where you feel like you don't know what to do? And where you just kind of want to ease off and go back to the way things used to be. Old habits, old relationships. So that's what Peter did. But guess what? The scripture tells us he caught nothing. Even what he used to be good at. Even what he used to do. Even what was comfortable is empty to him now, is meaningless to him now. And it's the same with us. Let's look at how the story continues. It says, you know, they were out all night, they caught nothing. It says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, hey, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had taken it off for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore. I'm sure they're like, Oh, great, Peter. Thanks. Well, we got this. No worry. It's fine. The, um, they pulled the, boat, uh, pulled the loaded net to the shore. For they were about only 100 yards from shore. And when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a fire and some bread. There are so many things I love about this passage. Here's a couple of them. I love that it says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. Because Peter's decided, forget this. I'm going back to fishing, whatever. He spends all night toiling, working, trying to get it going, trying to make it happen, and catches nothing. And through the, after the dark night, what does he see at dawn but Jesus? That Jesus has come to meet him. Do you know that he's so gracious to us? Jesus comes to meet you, even when you've turned back, even when you've gone back to the old you. Jesus is waiting, waiting to meet you. And he promised the disciples that actually earlier in the book of John. He says, I'm not going to abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And he says that to you today, too. I'm not leaving you just because it didn't work out, just because you failed. I'm not abandoning you. I will meet you. After you've passed through the dark night of the soul and failed and, and you have nothing, your hands, are, <clears throat> your hands are empty, I'm here. Look towards the shore. Look to the horizon. I'm there. So the disciples see in a very concrete way, and we should see it, too, that we can't do anything without Jesus. They couldn't catch. These are professional fishermen. They could, not catch a, they could not catch a minnow. They could not catch an old slimy boot from the bottom of the sea without Jesus. 
they learn that life can never be the same. You guys, life can never be the same. We can't go back to life as usual because we've seen the Lord. We've seen the risen Jesus. And then we have to learn that what satisfied the old you will seem empty to the new you. See, Peter was a lifelong fisherman. He made his living doing that. It was a comfortable living. He had a family that he provided for. But then Jesus called him out of the boat, called him to fish for men. Remember the story? And so Peter discovers that when he tries to go back, let me just rewind this. Let me go back to what I know. Let me go back to what I'm good at because I this whole disciple Jesus thing, I obviously cannot do that. When he goes back, he learns that it's not the same. What satisfied the old you will seem empty to the new you because you've seen the Lord. So the question I want us to ask ourselves today is what's your fishing boat? Do you know what I mean? What's that thing for you that you kind of look back to, that you look over your shoulder about, that you miss about the old you, that you think, if I, maybe I should just go, maybe I should give her or him a call. This business God called me to start is not working out. Maybe I should just see if there's other openings or see. You know, when a dream fails... Or when it seems like it's dead, we have to ask ourselves, what was I following in the first place? The dream or the Savior? Now let's look. This is sort of the resolution of this story in John 21, 15 through 17. So Jesus prepares. Now, oh, here's, here's something really cool. I never thought about this until I was starting to prepare this message. So they come to the beach. They swim to the shore. And Jesus has prepared this charcoal fire, and he's cooking breakfast for the disciples. Do you know the only other time in Scripture that a charcoal fire specifically is mentioned is when Peter denies Jesus because Peter is standing around a charcoal fire warming his hands. I just love that God doesn't waste a single moment, a single experience. He wants to meet Peter where he is, and he actually creates the same type of environment, the same type of moment that Peter denied Jesus, to give Peter an opportunity um, to embrace the love of God and the love of Jesus. So let's look at this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I do. Then take care of my, my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Do you see the beauty of this? Three times Peter denied Jesus. Pretended he didn't know him, abandoned him. Now three times Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to affirm, yes, Lord, I love you. See, here's the thing. A lot of times when Jesus asks a question, he already knows the answer. In fact, every time Jesus asks a question, he being, that's being the whole like God thing, omniscient. Jesus knew that Peter loved him. Maybe Peter needed to know that Peter loved him. So Jesus gives Peter this moment 
to kind of cancel out the three times that he had denied him. He gives him three opportunities to say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So for Peter, this was a new start and a fresh start. And just a couple of weeks later, we read on in the book of Acts, Peter is, and the disciples are filled with the power of God, spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. They preach, Peter himself preaches probably the greatest sermon of all time. Thousands of people are saved and baptized and added to the church. Talk about a church growth, you know, strategy. Thousands in a day, in an hour, are added to the church. What if Peter decided to stick to fishing? What if he'd noticed somebody standing on the beach? Eh, whatever, I'm going to just stay out here. What if he'd chosen to stick to what he knew how to do rather than follow the Savior? The question that we can ask ourselves out of this story is, how do I react to failure? How do I recover from sin? What do I do when something is harder than I thought it would be? Do you know, can I be honest with you? <laughs> Most of the time, things are harder <laughs> than I think they're going to be. I don't know if that's because I'm just clueless about things or just super optimistic, but some, most of the time, things are harder than I thought they are going to be. What do you do when it doesn't work out like you thought that it should? See, sometimes we can be so convinced that a certain dream we're pursuing is from God. That, and, some, and a lot of times it is, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it fails. And in those moments, we can confuse the, the failure of a dream with the failure of our relationship with Jesus. And you guys, it is not the same thing. So in those moments, we have to remember we don't follow our dreams we follow our Savior. And when, when a dream dies or a plan fails, we can know that God's got something else. But we, in that moment, have to resist the urge to look back over our shoulders, see that fishing boat out there, see that old way, that old life, and think, you know what? I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back. It was easier it was calmer. I knew what I was doing. You know, there's been times in the last two years when things have been difficult for, for Jason and I in our ministry or in our personal life or just the whole thing of resettling in a new country where I look back and I think, maybe we should have never left Australia. Maybe we should have stayed there. Even though I know I'm not following a dream of living in Australia. I'm following Jesus. There have been moments, and I know that if there's been moments for me, there's likely been moments for you. What's your fishing boat? What does the new you miss about the old you? And when doubt hits or confusion strikes, what do you think about going back to? Can I just encourage you today? Look for Jesus, because I promise you, he is waiting. He's right there. He's waiting for you. He's ready to meet you there. As we close, I just want to read to you. I love this so much. Peter goes on, of course, you know, writes a couple books of the Bible, preaches, leads countless people to the Lord. 
zealously serves the Lord the rest of his days. And I want to read something to you that he wrote towards the end of his life. After decades of walking with Jesus, his own life being at risk, Peter writes the books of First and Second Peter. He knows that his days are numbered. He knows that he's very likely about to be arrested and martyred for his faith. And indeed, that is what happened. So after decades of knowing and loving Jesus and choosing Jesus over the fishing boat, this is what he has to say to us. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Now look at this. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. Can I just tell you, it takes self-control to not get back on that boat. It takes self-control, like he he says in this verse, to not give in to fear and discouragement. It takes self-control to leave behind what's comfortable and head towards Jesus, to follow him. He says in this passage, don't slip back into your old ways. Don't Don't get back on that boat. Don't go back to what you knew. He says, you didn't know any better in your old life. You didn't know any better, but you do now. And even when it's hard, and even when it's uncertain, and even when, oh, you just want to be comfortable again, it's time to obey God. It's time to follow Jesus. It's time to live for Him. Because whatever... In whatever way you may have, dis- you feel like you've disappointed yourself, you may feel like you've fallen into a sin, you may feel like you've wrecked your chances. No matter what, Jesus is right there on the beach. You look up from your little boat that you're in, you're going to see him there, ready to lead you in to the next phase, to the next thing. He, his love for, for you and for me. It's bigger than our failures, bigger than our excuses. It's bigger than our doubts. Can, we stand, can you stand to your feet? I just want to pray for us as we close. I know this feels a little solemn today, um, but that's okay. Sometimes it's good to just let something settle on our hearts. But what I hope that is that you will walk out of here encouraged. Because there's nothing you can do. There's no failure you can experience. There's no dream that can die that's going to cancel out Jesus' love for you and Jesus' willingness to come for you, to meet you there. Peter, Peter didn't have to go looking for him. Jesus came. He even cooked him breakfast, you know? So if it hasn't happened yet to you, I hate to say, but it probably will. There's a dream you have that will probably not come true. That will probably not work out. You might fail. You might reach a point where you wonder where you stand with God. I just want to encourage and and pray for us today that when that moment comes, that we'll remember we don't follow a dream. We follow a Savior. Amen. I just want to pray for us. You just bow your heads. 
If you already have in your mind and you know what your fishing boat is, what's that thing that kind of lingers in your mind? Maybe I should just do this. Maybe I should just call her or him. Maybe I should just go back where it felt more comfortable. Would you just tell that to Jesus? I mean, he knows already, but would you just tell him, Lord, this is what it is for me. Lord, I thank you that you meet us. Lord, even when we're getting in our little boats and trying to row away, God, that you wait there for us, that you come to us. So God, would you come this morning? Lord, for those of us that need to be reminded that you are with us, that we can follow you, that we can do this. Lord, remind us today. Lord, may we choose you. May we choose you over our old self. May we choose your way over our old ways, God. Thank you, God, that your forgiveness is here and available to each of us. Now, there may be some of us today that you might be in that boat already. You might have reverted back to some old things you know aren't good. I just want to encourage you today. Make a choice to follow Jesus. And then if you need to talk to somebody, if you need help, it's available here for you. Reach out. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that your plans for us far outweigh our ability to mess those plans up, God, that your grace is available and ready for us. Lord, we love you. You're so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.